seamless process. So we're recording, it looks like. Good. All right, so we'll just dive right in. So welcome everyone to Drop the Mic. This is episode six. And this is the Chamber podcast where I get to chat with uh, Chamber members, local business folks, entrepreneurs, innovators, creative people. And we get to understand who they are, what they do, but most importantly, why they do it. And I'm excited today. Um, before I jump into that, actually, I want to just thank our partners in this project, which is East, East Hampton Media. Um, Without them, I would not be able to do this. So thank you to Jen Ramsey, the executive director over there and her team, uh, Ryan Arnold, who is a production coordinator and Tim Riley, who is their operations manager. So thank you to them. And I'm very excited today to welcome my guest for episode six, Casey Douglas, who is the owner of um, Galaxy here, located here in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Welcome, Casey. Thanks for having me, Mo. How are you? Uh, it depends on what day of the week, right? I know, right? We, I, you know, we're recording this during times of COVID. Um, we are in phase, the very beginning of phase two of reopening Massachusetts. So um, I know that um, Casey has navigated um, through quite a bit through this time. So I'm interested to hear about that as we proceed on. But before we get into that, Casey, I would love for you to give a synopsis um, of who Casey Douglas is. Where does he come from? How did he get here? All right. Uh, sure. Um, a resume. I don't know. Uh, I'm the sixth out of seven children, right? So I come from a big family. Um, I relocated out here to East Hampton 20 something years ago, 21 years ago. Um, had a three-year-old daughter, was looking for a place to raise a family, get out of my family's shadow. Uh, I worked for my brother in a restaurant for 14 years, so. Um, where was that? Where did you start? Uh, where was that start? Well, the day I turned 16, I was a dishwasher at a place called Sabelle's. No, um, Another Season, which was a nice bistro, uh, French bistro at Beacon Hill, fine dining. So I had an experience of fine dining. I learned, um, you know, school of hard knocks, um, loved the profession, loved the camaraderie, loved the instant gratification, uh, mm. loved the idea of working with my hands, loved the newness of it, um, and, um, you know, sort of fell into to cooking. Uh, did uh, go to art school for a couple of years, Mass College of Art. A couple of years of night school um, so I could get into college. I didn't graduate from high school. I got a certificate of attendance. I was there. Um, and uh, so just found out that I had uh, a passion to lead or, you know, it's... Um, Passion to lead, but also, I, I don't know. I, I worked with a cook who said, I'm always on the side of the food, you know? So it just had this, this sense of like doing the right thing by the product. And so, I, you know, I just sort of evolved. I married a, a tremendous woman 31 years ago. Um, 
who's been a very good mentor and educator for me. She's got a master's degree. She's a big deal at Bay State Hospital. Um, so it's given me an opportunity to, to understand how to not be so subservient. I'm a six out of seven kids, so I was the gopher. Um, mm -hmm. But also like a creator and a leader. Um, and so, you know, we definitely have different management styles. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been interesting to see how we evolve, but it's my, my evolution to uh, entrepreneur has always been that sense of um, if they can do it, I can do it because I could do it better. I'm a harder worker. I'm a more persistent person. Um, so it's one of those like, I mean, I don't know if this is the resume you're looking for <laughs> or the director. Sure. Um, no, it's you know what this is. We're not look. I I, I don't have a, a, a regimented uh, script. Platform. No, I just have some general things that I wanted to explore with you, and it's really about getting to know Casey and what he's doing and why he's and more importantly why you're doing it and you know how you got from point A to point B. So you're good. Right. Yeah. No, and and at this point, um, my evolution started to steer away from the hands-on element at the restaurant. Um, I've sort of enjoyed the, the run of six years there where it's gotten to a level of comfort and consistency, um, good staffing. So I was in a spot where I wasn't a big focal point of the restaurants. My daughter handles the front of the house and we have a good consistent staff there in the back of the house. So I've got my guy, Dan, um, and, uh, so it allowed me to be more engaged in the community and do more artwork. Uh, I've just been put on the East Hampton Cultural Council. I have put in an application for the East Hampton City Arts. Um, I've been doing the EDIC, uh, which the committee for the city uh, volunteer, volunteer position. Um, I am currently doing a Windows project with ECC, which is a new thing that we're, Rachel's been talking to you or trying to talk to you about, about just getting art, existing she just art. just reached out just about 10 minutes ago. Okay, and then uh, ECA is also doing a, what they started out as a, a grant fund, a relief fund. Um, may not be the right words, but they just wanted to sort of take some of their dollars that they had that was gonna be spent in other, um, areas this year and just get it out to artists to try to do some production. So I've been involved in the selection committee of, of artwork and we're going to have a second round of that. Um, later this afternoon, I'm doing a video for Treehouse. Um, they're trying to do a fundraiser, um, get area chefs to, to do dishes. And then I know Umi is going to be doing some um, introductions to it. So I'm just meeting with you. I'm sort of just Still doing what I wanted to do, but did a whole different ball of wax than what I thought I was going to be doing four months ago. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting how I have watched you evolve from uh, when I first arrived with the chamber in 2014 um, to now, and really um, going after being involved. And it's really a beautiful thing to watch happen. So, well, the, yeah, you've been doing that a lot. Yeah, the, the issue is, is you've seen me is that I have a lot of passion. Yes, you do. And it may not always be uh, the right direct, I don't know. Um, 
I my think wife is good at, at reeling me in at looking at the whole picture because I tend to get focused, narrowly sure. focused on things. Um, sure. But it comes from a point of passion. Yes. You know, just, yes. And things it's that I, I think are fun for me and, mm -hmm. and you like, whatever you say, what, what, what gets you going? That's the stuff that gets me going is the projects that I like to get involved in and, and support and, and, and do so. So we'll talk a little bit more about that and what you're up to with those other um, groups Endeavors. that you're involved with. Sorry? Endeavors. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but I want to talk a little bit too about, um, you know, we're in this current situation and I'm just wondering, you know, um, it is now June, today is June what, 9th. Yeah. And um, so we've been in this uh, space since the middle of March. And I remember uh, when this all broke and you came into my office and you were like, Mo, you know, what's, what does this mean? And I'm like, I don't know what this means, but here we are. And, um, and then you were, by the time you left, um, I could see, I, what I really enjoy about when, I, when, when you and I have conversations and I can when we communicate is I can see your wheels turning and that's kind of exciting and so I saw your wheels were turning and by the time you left we've kind of spun off on your heels and you're off and running and you kind of took this whole situation by the horns and so I want to talk about what that was and so you know we got the first um, 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 informational you know stay at home businesses to close and blah 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 so how did that affect you in that immediate moment and what did you end up doing? So what I ended up doing was, um, you know, taking a deep breath and and picking a direction and feeling like I knew what it was. And part of the direction was um, the restaurant um, is a part of the food chain of East Hampton, and yeah. that um, I, I still have employees. I still have you know obligations, but. My sense was, um, you know, being married to a healthcare uh, professional is understanding what responsibilities are and safety is and reality is. And so what I didn't want to do was pinch the food sources, you know, the, 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 um, and st stop feeding people like I had been because then they'd have to find their food someplace else. And then they'd be at the supermarket where it was more contagious. Mm -hmm. So we just went into button down mode yeah. where we all made a commitment to saying, all right, uh, three front of the house workers stepped up and said, Hey, listen, I don't want to collect unemployment. I just want to work. Um, my husband is got a job at home. Now my daughter's not going to school. Uh, the baker, you know, has a boyfriend and it's, it's so just the, those two hung out together um, and I said, all right, we're going to focus on to go. And I went down to the river, uh, and I spoke to Joe O'Rourke and we put together an ad right on the spot. And, you know, I tried to explain to him, it's like, it's, it's about safety. It's about, you know, food choices. It's about, and he was like, no, they don't want to know that. They just, they just want to know what you're providing. And right. so we put together a really short, sweet ad that we're running. And, um, we, it took us a couple of days to figure out because all of a sudden we were like, had things in our way that we didn't need before and we needed stacks 
of to-go containers and we need stacks of boxes and um, bags and things like that. So um, it's not that easy to, if you're an in-house server, right? right. Serving service provider or, or, or meal provider, then all of a sudden to shift to takeout, that's like, right. whoa. Right. So, you know, I had all the cooks at the beginning and then after the first week I lost two cooks. So from six days a week, we went down to five days a week. And then a, a week later, I lost another cook when he found out that there's an extra $600 in the unemployment. So, you know, we started to go down to th four days a week and I started to buy from one food source. I uh, had been going to the restaurant depot and I really did not feel safe there. I didn't see the protection in place. And so I uh, stopped going there and I basically got food for the week one time mm -hmm. at the beginning of the week from PFG, uh, you know, performance uh, food group down in Springfield. They sell everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we just went into to sort of lockdown mode of this is what we're going to do and, and this is how we're going to feed people. And uh, the front of the house came up with a really good system where they uh, people order uh, and they pick up on 15 minute slots. Um, and we basically turned it into a cafeteria style where we made, you know, sheet trays of food and, and we just scoop and go and 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 we it's were still adhering to your fine dining ethos right yeah. and that's yeah. and that's another thing that's difficult because you can't necessarily not everything on your men, menu travels travels no that's well, right? right and people don't stop to think that right and we also didn't know about the extra money with unemployment we just sort of heard the fear of jobs um and money and and people were going to be struggling so we came up with comfort food you know things that um were affordable and family friendly, you know, kids don't want to get broccoli rob, you know, right. they, they wanted fried chicken, mashed potatoes, they wanted meatloaf, they wanted, you know, stuff that they were comfortable. So we offered very reasonable priced food um, from the beginning, and it just kicked our butt. You know, we did 80% of sales in April than we did the previous year, but we were open fewer days and we didn't have the alcohol. And it just, it, it, it burnt us out. Um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, other, think, other, other restaurants weren't open and people needed food and they didn't want to go to the supermarket. And you know, the thing that I was saying to the staff and to the customers are that we're trained professionals. We take classes, you know, we're obligated to take classes. Where the supermarket, the baggage handler, doesn't take classes. The restockers don't know about these things, you know, and, mm. and, you know, so it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, I don't know, I felt like I had the information to do all the things right. And, and we did, it's just the, the, the sort of the, the staffing part sort of fell apart. Uh, mm. Unfortunately, one of my cooks um, struggling with alcoholism, um, we had to take him to a rehab where he's been for 30 days and just got out. Uh, we played golf yesterday, um, things are good. So we sort of sort of had to switch into a, a little bit more of a shutdown mode. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, we had to close for a week and we only did Mother's Day and we just, mm -hmm. we did plants and champagne and we sort of like decided that it was not about um, 
you know, what can we earn for the week? We just were sort of like, what can we manage this week? And what would be nice? So we, you know, we made brunch for nice. Mother's Day. And, um, and it just was nice to catch our breath. And, mm-hmm. and so the, the point we are now is, is that um, we're, you know, phase two has started. And yep. outdoor dining. And so how have, have you, no. What's, what's your uh, thought on that? Relax. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Um, we still have the PPP for another two weeks. Um, we've been evolving every single week. Things have changed. And I prefer not to be on the forefront this time and say, let's paint arrows. Let's put a plexiglass. Let's do this. And then a month from now, it'll be different again. Yep. So we're really thinking that uh, we will offer seating available for the customers, but we will not provide service. So you can get your bags of to-go food. You can sit outside and there'll be a hand washing station and bottled water, but we're not going to be serving you. Just, and then come the 4th of July. We'll see what's next. Come with a real plan and, you know, bring on, you know, People are going to want full service. Yeah. Does that mean we have to have the whole bar available for drinks when we're only going to be doing 40 people? Right. So, oh, well, we sold one Cosmo tonight and we made this sour mix, you know? So it's, it's, it's that kind of like, um, let's just ease into what the next phase is for us. Yep. Sure. Um, because it's basically, I was talking to a, a new employee, right? old employee from Apollo who I had since had to hire her. It's like, we basically have to come up with a new um, business plan. Yep. You know, and the one thing that I was saying to her is that the one thing we do know is our fixed income and that's Mm -hmm. sort of our, our, our our fixed expenses. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. that's, That's sort of our biggest hurdle. And, and this was part of the conversation I had with my sister, Kim, who does the books is that, we're obligated for $7,000 a month to the bank. That number is not going away. That is the number that I cannot control. That's the rent in the build out. I can control the labor and I can control the food costs um, and you know, the electricity and the gas and all that stuff is pretty much gonna be the same. So um, we have to figure out where we're gonna be at as far as sales. You know, We were doing about 17 a week um, which put us, you know, 850,000, which easily covered the $7,000 a month that put us below 10%, which is what restaurants like to be. Mm-hmm. Do I, I know it. what sales are going to be in the future? Are we going to be more fast casual? Do we go towards the higher end market? Right. They're That's all up for grabs. Do we do, I mean, the one thing that we've learned is that, this takeout stuff has been super efficient. Um, we did almost $4,000 one night with seven people and it was a lot of work. Right. A restaurant used to have 13 people right. on a Saturday night and oh, the weather's, there's food trucks, there's something else going on and, and we do $4,000 but yet we had an army of people in case we did 5,000 and that way we would ensure everything was smooth. So it's, it's. Right. However, I really 
love your, um, maybe I'm reading this wrong, Casey, and let me know if I am, but I feel like this kind of, this kind of um, creativity and this kind of let's pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and let's get, get at it is kind of um, exciting to you. I think what's exciting to I mean, me. It might not be. It might not be comfortable, and you may not. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a certain part of your personality that's always going to be like, "Come on, let's go and we'll dig in." Sure. Well, it's problem solving. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a creative person. Yes. And that's a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. You know, because I think of ten things, and two of them might be brilliant. And two of them may be absolutely stupid, but you know, I think of all these things. So it's not like I just simply have one direction that I could potentially go. I have 10 potential directions I can go. Right. And so. Deciding sometimes is the tough part. Yeah. And, and so I do like the creative part of it. I do like the idea of well, what does this mean if we're fast casual? What does this mean if, you know, um, we have a relationship with Mountain View Farm where we say, hey, you're our main source of food for vegetables. And that's what it's going to be. And the clients have to understand that, wow, that's pretty neat. That's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. We already have that relationship, but it's supplemented. You know, um, right. I don't want to take advantage of the relationship I have with Ben and Liz. No. Um, we haven't traded um, cash money in five, six years. Um, I simply take food from the farm and they simply come in for dinner right? early enough. And so I don't know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think um, it's going to be an interesting, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out for you because I know that from conversations that you and I have had, restaurants like consistent, right? But if you're depending on one local source for whatever it is, whatever ingredient, there's going to be variation from day to day, perhaps, or week to week. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. that's an, another and a new space, perhaps, you know. Exactly. So it, that's the thing. It's like, what is the market going to bear coming right. out of this? Um, obviously, we're in a recession. You know, we haven't been in a recession in a really long time. One was coming. Um, and that we all were enjoying the, the, the prosperity of a great economy. Um, I think it started in 2016. Mm -hmm. Oh, it actually may have started a lot earlier than with the previous administration, but maybe 2016 is getting the credit for all the economy grades. Uh, sorry, don't want to divulge into politics. Uh, all right, let's uh, not do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so evolution is always a part of the landscape in the business community. Um, and so, you know, so that was, that was all of that was incredible. And it was really, I mean, I know that you were exhausted, your team was exhausted and you guys worked really hard, but I just want to, I was just really so uh, amazed. And I'm not amazed. That's not the right word, but maybe proud how, you know, everybody has kind of shifted and responded to do what they needed to do and how they needed to do it because not everybody's doing it the same way. And then on top of that, you know, uncertainty, exhaustion, exhilaration, maybe even at some points, you know, your, you know, your wife, Laura is a healthcare provider. And that's 
a little bit of a wrench in the wheel of your. I wouldn't. Say, I, wouldn't I wouldn't say it would. It's it's a little. Okay. Um, so, you know, at the beginning, ramping up. Tell us about that. Um, um, we could see New York, right? We could see that it was imploding and and mm. it, and it was coming. And so um, we had conversations about what it potentially mean for her. And the hospital had to shift its um, different floors and different units. Um, and so ICU became the hub of positive, and then it just expanded. And there was conversations that they may, may put uh, employees in hotels because the fear of how contagious it was and what just the evolution they didn't know they just wanted right to so much was unknown it was unknown from day to day just like your end of the thing of, right of so stuff. Yeah. so so you know we're having these conversations you know daily and uh, the subject comes up that she might not come home because they may quarantine themselves and mm -hmm. uh and that was that's tough you know as I'm struggling to keep the business afloat as I'm struggling to try to keep employees showing up. Um, the fear was coming home to an empty house where she wouldn't be there. Okay. Um, and that was, that was really hard. It was really hard that I didn't express it to the staff. I just was holding on to this fear because mm -hmm. uh, that's what it was. And I couldn't right. articulate what right. was making me so anxious and right. why um, my, my normal jovial self was not coming out. Um, right. And so the, the following week we were able to express that and, and, but it was tough, you know, so she ended up um, taking the sixth floor of positive COVID patients at the hospital. So um, she had a positive COVID floor for over three weeks. So she was wearing the whole, you know, gown set up and, and, and train her staff and dealing with, with the whole element of what that, that was. And that sort of, um, was nice that it, it gave at least this consistency. It, it ended the unknown because it was, she was getting a lot of patients that were potentially positive, but not tested yet. The testing was so far behind. It was just, it was, a craziness it, yeah and and so um i was living in the basement and she was living upstairs um you know we didn't share a space for about 10 weeks um and that that was tough yeah you know? yes there's no no physical contact right um you know and so you know it just it evolved and it 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 was also very comforting to know what was actually happening. Yeah. You know, right. you're getting all these different numbers from different areas. Um, and I was getting factual real time mm -hmm. information. One of the right. things that, you know, bring tears is that she, um, you know, was expressing to me about what was going on and, and you know, me being an arts guy immediately, contacted the Valley Arts on Cottage Street, Juliet, and said, hey, listen, 
what's happening is, is patients aren't getting uh, visitors. They're not allowing visitors. They're there alone. Right. Uh, and we talked about doing an art project together where she could collect some artwork. We, we could email it to the hospital. We could print it out and, and present artwork to the, to the, to the patients. We weren't able to, to, to fulfill that. It just, it just got um, too busy. But it's like the goal was always there is to try to improve the experience for people or try to do more than just like focus on work. I mean, we, right. you know, tried very hard to not beat a dead horse. Like, what are you going to do about the business? And what are you going to do about the hospital? And what's, you know, yeah. that it, it was just so draining to have the only conversation be about that. Right. Uh, so one of the things that she did was she talked with another doctor about the lack of successes that um, the hospital is being successful, but yet we're so focused on the illness and the deaths that she started Code Rocky. And that. Oh, right. Yep. So. Love that. Yeah. So, so they would say Code Rocky on the intercom and whoever was available would come out to the lobby and nice you know uh, clap for somebody who was being discharged who was treated uh from the COVID and survived yeah uh, so it, it went viral nice. and uh, sylvester stallone even did a code rocky for a friend Aww. so she was she was on national Aww. tv and uh, you know proud, proud of her you know she, she uh you know understands the severity and the focal point, but she also stands the human part of it. And that, you know, they're warriors and they're survivors and they're, they're, they're positives to come out of the situation. So there's a nice balance between, you know, reality and, and things we can do to, to focus people on other things, right. you know. So. Such a beautiful story. Yeah. That's awesome. Yay. Um, Speaking of other things and other focuses, let's get back to your creativity stuff. So you're on the Cultural Council yes, Committee? Just, what's that? Committee, yeah. Council? Committee, committee, yeah. And, and so you guys are working on? What? Working on, on um, so there's been a lack of stuff in general, content. How many people can watch The Tiger King? Um, and that we thought that we might be able to do something to, um, get artwork exposed to people. Um, very similar to the project that I approached you at before my bear project was that we're, uh, committed $250, which is not very much, um, to supplies to hang artwork in, uh, storefronts. Um, and so we're putting out a call to artists or we're, you know, connecting with artists who have already been involved with ECA and ECC and, uh, asking them to send us, um, video or files of their artwork so we can print them out and then put them up on either vagrant storefronts or closed storefronts or even storefronts that are open. So that as people are walking around town, because, you know, the idea is for people not to travel 50 you know, miles away from home is stay at home and let's give you some visual things to do. 
Um, so that's, that's something that Rachel and I started kicking around about two, three weeks ago. And, and so hopefully we'll start to see some of that stuff come to fruition in another couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, that's a, so if you see uh, random artwork um, in storefronts and see a little tag, it's ECC. It's the Cultural okay. Council um, doing what they're uh, role is um, they have about $11,000 a year that they get from the MCC, which is meant for yep. art grants projects uh, in September. Mm -hmm. They have a, uh, the, the call to artists or the applications for, for funding. And so what they're doing is they're just taking an opportunity to say, well, let's do something else until that point. Um, sure. So, and another thing we're talking about doing is we're working with laudable productions is to do projections. We'd like to also project art throughout places in the city. Now, granted, that have to be a nighttime thing and people aren't really out and about at night quite yet, but that's something we see is, you know, um, a potential way to take basically pre-existing art. So it's, it's not about gearing up and being creative and like let's show time it's like no let's let's expose artists who um you know have work that hasn't right. been able to be seen sure sure so. excellent yeah. so casey where do you think you know all of this you've got this you know your passion for art which spills over into your passion and your artistic work that you do through your the restaurant and and even the way you artistically love your community. You know, where does where does all of that passion come from? Where do you think that what that where is that well? What is that well? Do you know? No. I, I what gets you out of bed in the morning? Like what what is coffee? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but so so like my my Zen time is is the nighttime. Mm -hmm. You know, I I've sort of and it's I mean, it cultivated over the years, but it's it's the you know drinking my six pack of PBR and and enjoying the the fruits of the the local um, growers, um, and just getting into my head, you know, and and um, do things that I think might be fun for other people and know that would be a blast for me, um, and. You know, I think that I've always had a little bit of that as far as being a mentor in the business world, as far as being, um, you know, a, an entrepreneur, that there's there's always some marketing angle or product that people want. And now it's just sort of flipped into a little bit of um, the art world that that I sort of put that on hold in my life to start a family. Um, because I didn't see the financial ability as an artist to, to, to make it, you know, I figured I'd sort of flip it the other way is that let me, uh, you know, earn a living at what I can do well and then have art as a hobby. Um, that way it doesn't have the pressure of, of, um, having to be a money thing. Um, because I'm, I'm not a money guy. I'm a numbers guy. You know, right. A lot about percentages. But as far as money goes, um, 
And it's just, you know, I've been a fortunate situation where um, my wife's been the breadwinner. So um, money hasn't always been, I always talk to her in cash flow. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, it's like debt right. and, and assets and well, our cash flow, cash flow. So there's another piece to this too, which I also, I also um, think is a beautiful thing that your um, willingness to, I feel like you don't necessarily feel like you're the, you need to be the, the hoarder of information. You're very willing to share what you know, share how you got to where you are, your mistakes and your successes with those who want to start their own business. And I watched you do that several times and it's really a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, so you know, maybe not a lot of folks know that, but that's, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, go ahead. well, I just, I hate to see people fail. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, especially when um, they have a dream or a passion um, or they have, you know, a financial investment. Um, you know, it's like a Tavern on the Hill. Larry, friend of mine, known him since I moved to town. Uh, they uh, got some negative uh Facebook posts when this first started to happen about the chaoticness of, of you know, how uh, long it took and the, the, the quality of food that they were getting. Um, and, and we had sort of like just clicked right away. The front of the house came up with a brilliant system of ordering. One person's on the phone, one person's packing bags, and one person is dropping off. And they stapled the orders to the bags and they they had a system really well done. Dano, how are you? I'm on a video chat. Okay. Uh, no worries. Special guest. Yeah, special guest. And uh, so I reached out to Amy and I said, Amy, listen, we sort of come up with a, a really good system. And she said, great. I said, so I came, I, I invited her down. She came and saw what it was and she explained her problems that they had three phone lines and they were taking more orders than they can handle. And right. that, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like they still had things in their way. Like I said, yeah. we had in our way. Yep. That's they awesome. Needed, they needed to tighten up their menu. And then she was, she was, you know, I saw her later and she said, like, no, it's working out really well. You know, thank you so much. And so like, you know, on one hand I could be so like, we can poach their business by doing it better. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's sort of like, you know, there's enough hungry people for everybody. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and just because they don't have the same team to figure out problems doesn't mean that they don't deserve to be able to figure out problems. You know what right, I mean? It's right. A, so right. It's, it's that kind of, kind of thing, it, you know, and my buddy, John at Holy Thomas is, you know, discovered that the cafe being closed has been a little bit more successful because he's doing more to go food. You know, so you, you never would have think these things until they know, actually right? happen. And so it's like, you don't want to see people fail. No, 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 no. So what is your definition of success right here, right now in your life? Uh, contentment, you know, it's certainly, it's not, it's not financial, it's not accolades it's not um you know the last two days have actually been like the best 
two days I've had in six months. I actually got to play the Kings game with my daughter and Dan uh, yesterday. That, that, of course, is golf, to those of yes, you who don't I know what the Kings game is. Hanging out with the neighbors, you know, we, we have a fire like two or three nights out of the week. Um, nice. You know, it's sort of like the restaurant has been kicking my butt. We've had to evolve and stress and change. And, and finally, we've got a little bit of a formula and a little bit of a staffing situation that's resolved. And, and you know, so we're not, certainly not meeting expectations as far as financial needs and you know, the PPP is going to help us out for the short term. Um, we're not going to be able to keep continue this way long term, but we'll figure it out. Right. So, you know, there's you've been had the opportunity to be doing something and be open in some form or another since the start of all this. We're in phase two now and some folks are just coming on line and barring specific um, tactical uh, instruction, but what would what would be a piece of, of the advice that you've learned thus far that you wished you knew that you maybe might want to pass along to someone who's, you know, one of our folks who are just starting to come online here in phase, the initial part of phase two? I don't know. I would say that just everything's moved so fast um, and that don't jump in whole hog and, and think that that's what's going to be the norm in the first week in August. Right. Um, and so um, cautiously optimistic and, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, it's a tough thing be, as far as employees coming back. You right. Know, you, mm -hmm. you, you definitely would like to bring them all back, but you know that the, the you know, um, what you're going to reach financially is going to be down a certain percentage, 10, 15, 20, 25%. We don't know what that number is yet. So, um, you know, unfortunately from a business owner's pers perspective, I have to say slow and steady. Don't think that um, people are going to want to go out to mm -hmm. the shoe store or to the malls or to any of those places. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that you're going to, you know, you're already taking a financial hit. You know, you've already sort of, we've dipped deeply into our lines of credit. You know, we haven't had to hit our credit cards yet. But that's, you know, the idea is to try not to go deeper in debt. Right. During what comes next. Right. So, Thinking for the long term. But, but the, you know, the, because so like the immediate thing that we thought of, um, the mayor reached out to my wife about, you know, can you be a part of, the reopening committee, do you have suggestions? And, you know, we've come up with ideas, but it's sort of like, would they be too short term? Like, I think that it would be ideal for like um, Antonio's, Silver Spoon and Coco to have designated pickup parking spots mm. for people buying food that maybe there should be picnic tables in the rotary so people could eat food socially distanced at the rotary. You know, it's things like Northampton are doing by expanding sidewalk dining and those kind of things. So, I mean, I'm I, I encouraged by those or maybe want to push those. But on the other hand, is it only going to be a four-week window? Right. And right. then things can go back to normal where people are like, the outside is great, but the bugs come out at seven 
and the sun is too hot at five, I'd rather be inside when it's air conditioning. And the numbers may simply say the second wave is not what we expected, or the second wave is worse because the protesting. You know, right, we right. don't know. So it's right. like, I don't want to say, like, go out and buy patio sets. Yeah, 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 no. And Slow set up steady. Another 16 seats, only to see those seats half occupied. Mm. And then brought in a server to, to make a living off of the tips from those tables, and those tables don't come to fruition. So it's, it's mm. you know, I, I wish I had a crystal ball. I wish I, I could tell everybody it's, it's going to be great. This is going to work out. Just follow this path. It's like I don't know no. what that path is. No. But I think that's sound, sound advice. Slow but steady and don't get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Right. right. So, all... Are you a reader? Not really. No. no. Do you listen, you, uh, you listen to music? I do listen to music. So if you have a soundtrack for your life, right? Yeah. What is the absolute one song that absolutely has to be on that soundtrack for your life? Yeah, I can't, I can't put it, I can't put it, I, I, I will say that uh, I sort of discovered uh, uh, 2009 uh, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones uh, mm. uh, album and uh, fan of the Boss Tones from back in the day in Boston, knew the original bass player, Nate, um, and uh, they, they, they have an album that you should go listen to um, and uh, the first song is uh, Graffiti Worth Listening To. Nah. So, <laughs> like as you know, that's been a little bit of my jam lately. <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Public public art. You know, when I went to to my wife and I had an amazing trip in France before all this, and the public art was great. And it was street art, you know, Banksy and all that kind of stuff. And um, so that that starts off the album, and then like three, four songs in, they have a song called "The End Is Near." It's about the apocalypse, and it just sort of like it's like yeah be 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 prepared no could end and and enjoy life and and like embrace life so it's 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 like it's it's doomsday but also like on, let's go let's go you know yeah. so that, that you know that's the thing you know you know that i love the uh rihanna ti song uh living, yes. life, living my life you know doing how i want to do yep. i paved all the way for you cats to get paid today Hit. You know, acknowledgement for those who come forward. That's always been one of the uh, Rihanna song. We found love in a hopeless place. We mm. found love, and I, I always want to change the lyrics. <laughs> East Hampton. We found love in a gracious place. We found love in a in a in a factory town. We found love in, in a loving community. You know, that that yeah. sort of like it, it, it. You know, uplifting song. So it's hard for me to say like that is the pinnacle you know it used no, to but be, you have you have a soundtrack so you can put it all on there yeah i mean it used to be more of the cure and more of the yeah uh, emotions like like deep deep motions and and now it's 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 like that done that i've done the doom and gloom and and know that any kind of misery and like I, i've chosen a long time ago uh to be a happy person. Happiness is a choice. It is. And, I say that all the time. You know, and and um, and as a as a person of privilege, not gonna lie to you, it's a lot easier to have to have that that 
you know, mindset. But um, I also, you know, am a million dollars in debt, you know, so I can choose to be sort of like the woe is me. And, and, you know, I got to work 50 hours a week to be able to maintain this or, you know, the Mm -hmm. woe is me. It's just sort of like, no, this is, this is what I got to do. And this is, this is how I'm going to do it. And um, I'm also going to have this other release that makes me happy. That's the yin to the yang. Um, So it's, you know, you, you know, I do know. So Casey, yes. If people want to talk to you more about those projects that you're involved with, how do they get a hold of you for your your uh, cultural um, ECC? Yes, thank you. And then for Galaxy, or for you in general, if you want that. Um. Well, the ECC definitely, um, you know, has a website and contact information um, that there there's someone to get. Uh, involved and i don't think they're as much of outreaching currently um uh, but there's 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 numbers and things for the east hampton cultural council right right. but they're going to be um putting out uh, requests for grants in september so that's going to sort of what they're gearing up the little art project window projects uh, is going to be a little element to it but uh, they're going to get into their normal role of of grant funding but eca um is doing something they did the first round so theoretically some of their um grantees are going to come to fruition um a few of them were performance arts stuff um and so hopefully they'll be scheduled part of the uh requests for the grant funding was it was something that the public was going to be able to see uh i think by mid-july so if you see some art projects happening it's because the seed money from ECA and they're going to do another round of funding in the next couple of weeks um, so they're going to put out a re- request for a proposal an RFP and um, it sort of touches on five points like how engaging is it to the community how important is it for you financially to get a little bit of seed money um, you know uh, how interactive it is uh, and how feasible it is. How many people is it going to touch? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that the Valley Co-op has matched some funds on that, and they've also started a GoFundMe page. So that oh yeah yeah they, yeah. yeah that may end up being a a, a nice fifteen thousand dollars worth of money that they get to put out, um, and you may start to see some really cool stuff. So ECA, uh, if you just go through their website, I'm not sure if they have. Um, uh, the window open for applications. They will be announcing the next round of grants. So they're they're the ones that handling it, and I'm just I'm just part of it. Like they had a Zoom meeting about um, how we all assessed the first. I think it was 31 applicants. Um, you know, it was a five point system. Um, funny thing that we realized on it is Jeff Bag, who was also part of that, is not a very optimistic person. And I, Come on. And he kept giving like ones and twos to everybody. And I kept giving fours and fives to everybody. Like, yes, 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 yes. And he's like, no, more information, more <laughs> details. Not- you know, he's, he's so, he's so like, he's don't awesome. make a decision. He like needs information awesome. before anything. And I'm, and I'm like, woo, feels good. <laughs> yeah, feels yeah, good. right. Yeah. You know, so, so Casey, thank you so much 
for spending time with me today. It yeah. was really fun and it's really great to see you. Yeah. Miss you, miss everybody. Um, social distancing here. Um, we have to wrap it up yep. for today, but I want to again thank our partner in crime here. Can can I can I show you just uh, I mean it, it was in the Gazette already, but it's an evolving thing. I started this um, project, this art project. I, I couldn't do the ones that I wanted to do. Um, and or I didn't finish the ones I wanted to do. But one of the ones that I'm working on daily um, is that uh, Days of Isolation, it's called. And so it's uh, it's the front of my, it's the side of my house. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so yes. uh, uh, yep. we have the rainbow there yep. for Pride Month. Yep. And um, so every day I drag out the ladder and I have a little box with the, the, a roller in it. It gets really messy every day. And I go and I put up my stripe and I put the ladder away. Um, and people stop by and they take photographs. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's like my one tether yeah. to, to something that's just distracting. Mm -hmm. Like the neighbors and my wife and I, we have this, this um, code word, Rochambeau. It means stop the conversation. We can't talk politics uh, anymore. We right. all agree. We can't talk about health care, insurance. We all agree. You know, so and granted there hasn't been a lot to talk about. So we just sort of like, you know, um, get into that mode of like, we need other things to talk about. Right. So we do get trapped in that rabbit hole we say oh rechambeau and it's like hey. right, that we moving on. different moving on moving you know, on speaking yeah. of moving on yes. i gotta move on yes so thank you so much for for being with us thank you to east hampton media me um the whole team there they're awesome i love working with them um if you want to find out more about the east hampton chamber you can find us at easthamptonchamber.org and um you can also see this podcast um along with the others that we have done on our YouTube channel and East Hampton Media's YouTube channel and anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So there we have it. Thank you so much. See you, Mom.